This is the woman behind the business, featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livis. This week on the woman behind the business, she gets it from her mama. You know me, I'm your host, Angel Livis, and today we're keeping it in the family as I introduce you to two of the most prominent women in my life, my sister and my mother. First, I'm going to introduce you to my baby sister, Ashley Todd. She's a serial entrepreneur who clearly gets her passion for business and success from our mom. She's the founder of the Children's Daycare Wise Generations, the author of the children's book, You're Beautiful Anyway, and the creative director of Diva Pillow Parties. And she is also the mother of a four-year-old pageant queen. Please help me welcome my baby sister to the show, Ashley Todd. Ashley? Hi. <laughs> Okay, so Ashley, I've been trying to get Ashley on the show, it seems like forever, Um, but because she is the um, founder of a daycare for children, um, she's always typically had children, so thankfully she was able to do the show remotely and all the kids left early today, so I'm glad that was able to work Mm -hmm. out. All right, so Ashley... Talk to me a little bit about your passion for business and really what sparked your interest to go into business for yourself. Um, so since I can remember, I've always wanted to do daycare. Um, I've always had a passion with um, working with kids. Um, so I always kind of stuck with that um, throughout my job, well, with my work history throughout my adulthood. So um, whether I was working in the medical field or whatever, I always worked with kids on the side for extra money. And when I wasn't making the amount of money doing other things that I invested as far as school, um, I went full-time working with kids. And then I've always kind of been like an artsy person. So I've always loved to paint. Um, and be creative and color and draw. Like, that was the easy thing for me to do in high school or middle school. So write a paper or draw or do a poster board or project, I would do a poster board because that was super easy. Now, how much of your passion for business would you say that was impacted by the fact that your parents were entrepreneurs? Um, I would say a lot. I looked up to both of them being independent and having their own businesses. Um, So it kind of made me, because I didn't finish college, um, I went to college, but I didn't finish college, um, I felt like, um, because I've seen how my dad still was successful, even though he didn't complete college, it made me, you know, feel like I could do that too and be successful. Now, how many of the companies did you work for before you ventured off and started your daycare? Uh, I worked for a lot of different companies in different fields, different areas, and nothing was really like what I love to do. Mm -hmm. So when did you decide that, okay, you know what, I'm going to jump out there? And I know you said earlier that it was something that you kind of always had in the back of your mind, like, I definitely want to work with kids. But what gave you the ammunition to say, you know what, I'm going to do this for myself? When did you gain that confidence that you could do it on your own? Um, I would say when I finished um, school for medical assistant, to be a medical assistant, um, I because I always wanted to do something in the nursing field too and um when i did graduate with that um certificate or diploma with that um i started working in the medical field for a private practice and then i wasn't getting the hours and money that i thought that i would be getting and then it was kind of hard to get into hospitals And it was very easy for me to find jobs working with kids. So that's when I decided to do that full time. Mm. Now, if you had to go back and do things differently, like what would you have done differently as it relates to your career? Um, maybe went into maybe business management in school or, um, something dealing with childcare, 
mm. um, or, you know, early education for kids or something like that, even though when you get your license for a daycare that you have to take certain classes anyway, but I, I would have probably already had that training and stuff anyway already. Now, I know as a kid, like, I, you know, my first, well, I wouldn't say my first taste of business was um, babysitting, but it definitely was, um, actually, maybe it was, because I think I was babysitting super early for people in our subdivision, um, and I was getting paid great money. Like, back then, they were paying, like, Twelve, fifteen dollars an hour to babysit, and I was like, "Yo, this is great." What would you say was your first taste of entrepreneurship? Like, what was that like? Um, as far as babysitting or working well, with kids, or well, what I don't. What was your first like taste of entrepreneurship? Like, what were you doing? Was it babysitting? Yeah, I started babysitting in the neighborhood. So I was house sitting for neighbors when they would go out of town. And I was babysitting for just like it was probably like three different families in our neighborhood that I was babysitting for, and mm-hmm. one particular family, um, I babysit for them all the time. So I made a lot of money with them. <laughs> and so, how old were were you when you say you like had that first taste of entrepreneurship? Uh, ten. Okay. Ten years old. And so I think that's another thing to like just be mindful of, like for a lot of like the parents out there, is that. It's really never too early to start introducing your children to entrepreneurship because once they get a taste of it and they see like, yo, like I can make pretty decent money doing things on my own, not going off of other people's schedules or what have you, then they become a lot more driven and they gain a little bit more motivation. Like, would you agree with that, Ashley? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now... Those are some of, like, the upsides to being an entrepreneur. What was one of the times or maybe the first time that you felt like you had failed in business? Um, when I kind of didn't have, like, set prices um, for different things. Like, sometimes parents will ask for, like, a weekly rate versus an hourly rate, and I wasn't really familiar with, like, downsizing or of a a certain amount of hours into just a weekly rate and um uh, I worked with a lot of families and a lot of people tried to take advantage of me so when I kind of felt like I was being kind of taken advantage of um I was putting out a lot of time effort travel with their kids and then they were trying to pay me the bare minimum I was kind of like, okay, I got to figure something out because I'm getting taken advantage of. Mm. Now, when it comes to childcare, I mean, I feel like it's a very lucrative business, especially in the Washington, D.C. area, because there are so many parents with children and the kids got to go somewhere so that they can go to work and provide for the families. And so... Because it is, I feel like there are all types of centers all over the place. What are some of the key things, or even like when you need babysitters, what are some of the key things that you, uh, maybe three things that people should look for when they are looking to have somebody care for their children? What are some like key criteria things that you would ask um, for babysitters? Um, So I would ask, about their history, so their background, their references, um, just to see what their experience level is. Um, Because you definitely don't want to have someone that has no experience um, and just trying to just sit around and do nothing with your child. Um, So I would say experience, um, patience. You know, different kids are have different personalities and you got to have tolerance for all the personalities um, of kids. So if they have patience um, and if they're creative, um, they like to go places. They don't like to just sit in the house. Or if you are in the house, you guys are playing games, you're watching movies, uh, doing art, cooking, making cookies, you know, just anything because kids like to interact. So I would say those three things would be important to me. Now, are there any things that are different or differentiators when it comes to enrolling your child in a daycare center that you might want to be mindful of? 
or is it similar um, items? Um, I can't really say for a daycare center because the centers are bigger and they have a lot more kids in a classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not familiar with the centers because the, the daycare, um, the in-home daycares are smaller and intimate and you kind of have more one-on-one time and kind of get to know each child better than I would say in a center where it's like 15 or more kids in one classroom. Right. Um, so what are some of the, now, well, before I go there, you also are the author of a book. Um, it's you're beautiful anyway. Um, what was your inspiration behind writing that book? Um, I feel like when girls are little, um, you know, they're in that stage where, probably like around seven, eight years old, like girls start to get into themselves and they always want to hang out with their friends and be with their friends, they're into the the girly stuff. And Mm -hmm. um, sometimes when you're playing with different, um, you know, other kids in different races, you know, someone and someone, anybody even, and it doesn't matter the, the sex of the person. Someone can always make somebody feel like they're less than or they're not good enough. I mean, that's just in general. Mm-hmm. And I felt like every kid or every adult has experienced some time when they've been around their normal group of friends and they bring another person around and then they kind of make them feel less than and like they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. So-, so I want to write a story about you know, you're not the only person that's ever felt like that. And if you ever feel like that, just to know that you're not less than anyone. Hmm. Awesome. Now, where is that book currently available? It's available on Amazon. And, um, yep, you just type in your beautiful anyway, and you will see the book pop up. Now, are you working on any new books? I am working on a new book. Um, it's an adult book, and um, it's called Mosaic Me. Hmm. And what's that book about? <laughs> um, it's about my story, my personal story, life story, and how certain events that happened in my life um, shaped me into the person that I am today. Awesome. Now, when are you anticipating that that book will be released? I am hoping for March. Um, if not before, so I'm, yes, I'm going for March 2020. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm sure people are looking forward to Mosaic Me. Now, we are speaking with author and founder, um, Ashley Todd. She is the founder of Wise Generations Daycare, as well as the author of um, You're Beautiful Anyway, and her upcoming work is Mosaic Me. Um, Ashley, you are also the creative director for Diva Pillow Parties. Talk to us a little bit about what Diva (laughs) Diva Pillow Parties is and what people can expect from that experience. Um, so Diva Pillow Parties is a business I started almost three years ago. And um, basically it's a business where you get to interact with your closest friends or whoever and, you know, do an intimate fun event. So essentially, essentially it's close to the idea of, the paint and sit. So instead of painting a canvas, you're painting a pillow. So I've drawn out all different types of women and designs. Um, and you have like a paint and sit party with your girlfriend. Now that you have essentially spun that off into a couple other projects that you've been doing. Um, I know I personally have a pillow, um, and we actually did a diva pillow party event 
at our very first Woman Behind the Business retreat in Nassau, Bahamas. And that was a phenomenal experience. And as we gear up for our upcoming uh, retreat in just a few short weeks, um, it just made me think of like just how much fun it was to have that intimate setting and to have all of the ladies like painting and just having a good time and then having something that they can actually take away from the experience. So it's a great opportunity for like, you know, those little intimate parties or um, team building. It was nice. It was great. Um, and you've also kind of like moved over and started doing um, painting like you started like okay. actually painting um, portraits um, and selling those as well and making canvas bags and shirts so mm-hmm. your creative space is just like it's absolutely amazing and so we've talked about three different creative spaces that you have entered into um, is there another space that you're hoping to occupy as of now, no. I'm my main focus right now is finishing my new book. So okay. I'm hoping um, that takes off and is a success. Awesome. Now, with these different things that you've done, um, a lot of times we often hear <clears throat> that you should have seven streams of income, and so. You know, just listening to like the different things that you already have, it seems like you have those seven streams, like with the different areas within each of those categories, um, from the daycare to the painting and the the books, um, because you don't just write the books, but you also do the illustrations, correct? Yes. So have you started like doing illustrations for like other people or for other projects or have you thought about doing something like that? Um, I've actually been asked to do that, um, a couple times for another book or two other books, actually. There mm-hmm. were two children books. Um, but I'm not so much into, <laughs> I'm not so much into, um, drawing pictures for other people, even though that would <laughs> probably be something good to do, but I'm not sure if that's something that I really want to do. What would you say um, would be like some words of motivation for other people who they're trying to find their way? Um, You're young, you know, you have a daughter who, like I said earlier in your introduction, you know, she's been involved in pageants. um, So you are an example to a young girl. um, And you've written books to inspire young girls. But what would you say to like other people who might be listening that may feel stuck who may feel like yo I don't know really how am I going to maneuver from the space that I'm in like I feel like I'm barely able to pay my bills I feel like I really want more for myself but I'm not quite sure how to break out of this pattern that I've been in and into my winning season what words of encouragement would you have for that person I would tell that person to just step out on faith. Um, A lot of things that I, that we talked about that I did, um, I I didn't just jump out there at first. I was hesitant. I doubted myself. Um, And if you just have ideas, say you're into poetry. I know a lot of people that have poems and raps and lyrics and songs that they've written and they just, they're not doing anything with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say jump out there and try to network with people, talk to people. If you you believe in your product and your work, then that's all you need. Mm -hmm. No, that's true. Well, we are going to have you stick around. um, And up next... We are going to meet the woman behind, um, I guess, both of our passions and our ambition and our desire to be per- perfect. Um, you're gonna, we're going to introduce you to our mom. So stay with us. 
Are you tired of dragging yourself into the office while your business ideas are being left at home? It might be time to turn your side hustle into your main hustle. Join me as I take you on a journey of transitioning into a full-time entrepreneur in my book, Side Hustle to Main Hustle, The Woman's Guide to Transitioning into Full-Time Entrepreneurship. I'll walk you through my five-step system to give you the confidence, business structure, accountability, support, and transparency you need to transition effectively and successfully. To grab your free downloadable copy of the book, text DREAM to 31996. That's DREAM to 31996. Welcome back to the Woman Behind the Business Talk Show. I am your host, Angel Livis. And we just wrapped up a conversation with my baby sister, Ashley Todd, who is the founder of Wise Generations Daycare, as well as the author of You're Beautiful Anyway. She's also the creative director of Diva Pillow Parties. Up next, I'm going to introduce you to my mother. Now, I'm not just going to have her join us because she's my mom, but because she is the epitome of a serial entrepreneur. She's owned a hotel gift shop, a nail salon, a Victorian lace store, a vending machine business, and possibly some other businesses that I wasn't even aware of. However, her most rewarding and lucrative business was establishing relationship with her partner, her husband, a.k.a. my dad. For 40 years, they have been the proud owners of Todd's Real Estate's Investments and Rentals based in Detroit, Michigan. Needless to say, hustle, drive, and business sense pretty much comes from watching my mom. Today, Veronica, aka my mom, is a real estate broker and services her clients under Veronica Todd's Realty, where her and her team is helping to revitalize Detroit by rebuilding the city one property at a time. Welcome to the show, Ma. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh my God, you sound (laughs) way too giddy. (laughs) Lord. Yes, I am so so happy to be on your show, oh Angel. Okay, here we go. Yeah. All right, so my growing up, you participated in pageants and liked modeling. How did you end up in entrepreneurship? Like, how were you introduced to entrepreneurship? Um, I was introduced um, actually by your dad. Um, once we got married, you know, it was always, oh, I'm going to buy this business and I need you to run it. I'm going to buy that business and I need you to run it. So the truth be told, he is the one that actually introduced me to entrepreneurship. Now, what was your first entrepreneurial experience? My first entrepreneurial experience was selling um, Avon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went on to sell um, Tupperware. This was a young teenager, you know, just trying to make extra money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also sold like Tierra. It was like a, a glassware, a line of glassware. And so would you say it was successful? It was. That's when I really um, found out that sales, it, I can do sales. Sales was in me. And I didn't even really know it was, knew that it was in me. But um, that is my background. That's what I do. It seems like every line of work, it's it sales. Now, it seems like you really found your sweet spot in real estate. What would you say you're doing differently than most uh, real estate companies? For instance, like I find it interesting that you lease houses to tenants opposed to merely renting them. Is there a difference? Uh, well, basically, renting a home is, is usually month-to-month. Leasing is usually a year lease or longer. The thing is, is, is you're still occupying a space for a certain length of time, whether it's for a month or whether it's for a year. Mm-hmm. So when you have your tagline, like rebuilding Detroit one property at a time, what does that look like? What does that mean to you? Oh, to, to me, that means um, we actually, um, I found a, a space in the Detroit area that I actually wanted to revitalize. The history of the business started in, um, in Detroit. So I actually wanted to branch our sister company back here in the city of Detroit and revitalize uh, a second area, um, you know, to add on to the business. So what that really has meant to me um, this far 
is that we have purchased homes, lots in a certain area in the city of Detroit, and we have actually rebuilt that area um, to try to help bring the city back. Mm. Now, you have a degree in architecture, which you received like after the age of 50, so that deserves a round of applause. Thank um, you. <clears throat> What would you say are three things that people can do to their homes to increase the property value without investing a whole lot of money but receiving a decent return on their investment? Um, yes. You can make sure that the home is decluttered. Because someone come to view, view your home, they don't want to see a whole lot of clutter. Yeah, she don't um, like clutter, y'all. She's like, <laughs> I'm asking her this question because she is uh, the queen clean. <laughs> Yeah, declutter, um, you want to make sure that your home has neutral colors. Um, that way people can envision themselves in that space. Um, and I would also say you would want to make sure that your kitchen and bathroom, if possible, is kind of updated. You know, even if you don't do anything big or major, but just make sure you got, like, nice um, fixtures, like your sink, your your um your faucet on your sink in your kitchen in your bathroom. You know, make sure you got like nice pool knobs on the drawers, um, you know, in, in that space in the kitchen in the bathroom. Just little um, detail accessories can say a whole lot to a, a room. So let's say that I don't necessarily have like a tremendous budget, but I need to be able to sell this house, right? And so I'm, I want to focus on, like you said, the kitchen and the bathrooms. So mm -hmm. about how much, like if I have like a $300 budget, where mm -hmm. should I spend that money? Well, I would probably, in the kitchen and the bathroom, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, again, I would, I would add accessories to try to revitalize the space. The faucet, a kitchen faucet doesn't cost that much. A bathroom faucet doesn't cost that much. Um, a nice pitcher um, in your bathroom, some nice towels um, in the bathroom, nice, you know, towels for your kitchen. Um, that's where I would, I would put the space. Maybe a, a nice plant in there to try to bring out and accessorize the room. So I think that's probably about a good $300, but mm -hmm. um, it will attract um, the eye it, within that space where people can see, oh, yeah, this, this is nice, you know. I can do this or I can do that. It, will, it, it should help sell the property. We're speaking with Veronica Todd, managing partner at Veronica Todd Realty and Todd's Real Estate's Investments and Rentals. So when somebody is looking for a property and sometimes they are presented with a broker, sometimes they're presented with a, a realtor, um, and sometimes they're presented with a leasing agent, but they don't really understand the difference between what each of those job duties are. Can you break those down for us? So a broker is someone that oversees a real estate office. They're more so like um, a, a, manage, a managing associate broker of a brokerage company. Um, then you have what My, we call, I don't understand what that is. What? Okay. So, <laughs> so a broker is higher than a realtor in the profession, okay? So a broker is going to be someone that's going to oversee um, a realtor or an agent. Okay. A realtor is someone that belongs to the National Association of Realtors. Um, an agent is someone that has a real estate license, but they do not belong to the National Association of Realtors. Hmm. So having that association, does that just give you greater credibility? Like what, what does that mean? Yes, it's, it's, it's greater credibility, um, a higher standards in real estate where people are supposed to recognize and know this is a professional. Um, we try to uphold that high standard that, you know, this is a profession for us. It's not just a fly-by-night. A lot of people, you know, don't see it as a professional business. They just see it as, oh, yeah, they sell houses. But it is more than just us selling or leasing houses. 
So when did you realize that you kind of had a passion for the real estate industry? So back in 2002, when I decided to go corporate um, and try out real estate, although I had married into the business, um, my husband was raised in the business. And I said, okay, you know what? I I don't want to do... Um, real estate, you know, as an investor, I want to see the other side. I want to see the corporate side. And so when I went and joined um, Prudential Cranbrook in, in 2002, and I was able to be exposed to all different range of properties from from million-dollar uh, properties to mansions to investment properties, I, I was able to sell and do well on all levels. I love the the knowledge of knowing about a high-end property, a low-end property. Is this property going to appraise for what the offer is written for? I love helping people. I love representing people. And that's when I knew that that was my passion, real estate. Now, when it comes to being a um, a woman in business, one of the most difficult areas is uh, balancing family and your career. How have you been able to successfully balance being a mother, a wife, a daughter, um, as well as a business owner? Well, <laughs> well, I just try. I just do what I have to do. You know, when I'm at work, you know, I'm a business person. When I'm at home, I try to be that wife. Um, I try to be that mother to my children. I, I make sure that I give, you know, the Lord his time. Um, so I'm just a busy bee just trying to make sure that I give everyone their due time and I try to take out a little time for myself. Um, it's hard to maneuver at times, but you know what? You got to do what you got to do. That That's life. If you want to um, excel in life, you, you, you got to do it. Now, one thing that I've noticed is a lot of women who have businesses, they either fall in one of two categories. They either are single and cannot find a companion to um, really kind of match their uh, their drive and ambition or mm-hmm. they are in a relationship with somebody who is very supportive and really helps drive and push and motivates them to be their absolute best self while they're either playing a supportive role or they're off doing their greatness um, in their own industries. Yeah. So how have you been able to be successful, um, successfully married for 40 years this year? Um, I have been, oh, wow, successfully been able to um, be married, be successful. It's, it's because of my husband. I have a great man that stands behind me, that pushes me, and often I have to tell him, I'm not you. I, I, I can't go that three extra miles that you go. You know, I'm me. But he has always pushed me um, from the day that um, he married me, um, and he's still, right now today, he's always pushing and grinding, and, you know, I can't, I can't drop the ball, so I, I push and I grind, too, and because we're in the same business, <laughs> I tell you, we pushing and grinding every day, and when we come home at night at the dinner table, we just say woo and we're looking at each other because <laughs> we're so tired. <laughs> yeah. And then how, you know, being that you have, you have three children, one boy and two girls, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this show being more so about the girls uh, kind of following in their mom's uh, footsteps and their father's, what would you say it means to you, I, I guess you can speak on behalf of our dad as well, to have, you know, your children have businesses and to do things and to take strides, not just... um kind of like on their own, but because of the strong footprints and the foundation that you all have laid for us. Yeah. I, that, that is like very, um, touching for me. Um, is that, you know, our foundation that we have, that we, we built our family on, it's all surrounded by Christ. 
and we 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 raised the family Christ like we did what we were supposed to do to instill in our children um good morals and you know it was a lot of time that we spent with the kids everywhere we went pretty much our kids was with us and vacations so on and so forth and I'm just glad that all the things that we instilled in you all, that you took those things and you did something with them. You made your parents proud. Now, in making you proud, what yeah. were the things like that you saw in us as children that you really kind of pushed to ensure that you kind of steered us in the right direction so that we could live out our dreams. Well, you, uh, my children being young, you always, you got bored very quickly. So I always had to keep you doing something. And for yourself, you would be involved in um, a manager of basketball, um, running um, track and working it's like you had to have like four or five different things going on at one time in order for you for you to be satisfied other than or I should say fulfilled um if you wasn't doing a whole lot of things at one time it was like I'm bored so I tried to make sure and your dad that we were able to keep our children active motivated well-rounded, you had your church life, you had your family life, you had your activity life, you had your school life. And when you're well-rounded like, like that, I'm like, they got to get it. They, you've got to do well in life. So um, those are the things that we looked at that we wanted to make sure that you all had um, growing up as a child, we made sure that we moved at a very young age um, in an area where you guys would get a good education. Um, and so those are some of the things that we did to make sure that you guys were successful. So for some of the listeners who, you know, they have young kids like, you know, you know, your grandchildren, um, you yeah. got grandsons with me, you got granddaughters with your other two children. Um you know, how can parents really kind of look to what their children's gifts are or their innate abilities are and really create an opportunity for them to be successful based off of their likes and things that you're able to kind of just pick up on that they enjoy? Yeah. So, so first thing, again, you need that life balance um, for your children um, you need to keep them motivated in activities and not just sitting around um, playing video games because you need to know where their talent is, what, what their interest is, what they can really do. Like, for um, instance, do you remember, like, when I used to put on, like, the plays on Sundays? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so right now today, that is you. That's who you are. You always used to want to be the the TV announcer, the producer, the the you know you wanted to be the one that announced the play and say what the play was going to be about, and then your sister and brother would act it out. Um, it's the same way with um, with Ashley. Ashley is very creative, and as a young child, she she used to write at a very very young age, and I used to say she gonna be a writer. You know, mm -hmm. I used to always say that about her, but I didn't know until her adult life of all the creativity that she had um, of drawing and her imagination to sketch and create. I didn't know that about her um, until she really became an adult. Yeah, she had art in school and she would, you know, do her art and she would do it very well. But all of that flourished um, at a certain point in her life. But I always knew that she was a writer from a beer, from a little bitty girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I remember that. She would write notes and leave them yeah. for my dad <laughs> to tell him my mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
we're having y'all. Um, all right. So this has been great. Um, we are going to get ready for our moments from the valley. And I have a feeling that our moments from the valley are going to be a little lengthy. So I want to make sure that we have ample time for that. So um, this is the time where you will share a moment from the valley, a uh, time that you did not know how you were going to make it out of a particular situation. We would like to know what that situation was, what was waiting for you. No, what the situation was, how you got out of it, and then what was waiting for you on the other side. So we are going to listen to a little H-E-R. Y'all know I just like H-E-R. Um, and uh, when we come back, we will be joined by their moments from the valley. So stay with us. Hey, can you focus on me? Baby, can you focus on me? me? Hands in the soap. How the faucet's running and I keep looking at you. Stuck on your phone, are you stuck in your zone? You don't ever cook, but I don't wanna give up Baby, I just want you to get up Lately, I've been a little fed up Wish you would just focus on me Can you focus on in time in the show where we do our moments from the valley so Ashley we are going to have you start and lead with what was your moment from the valley um I would say my moment from the valley um was um about six months ago I was in a living situation that I was not happy with comfortable with very frustrated um very difficult to live in um, and I became, at some point, I would say I was, became depressed and antisocial to a certain extent. I, I wasn't myself. But in that time, I got to um, get to know me and focus on me and the things that I needed to do to get out of that situation, which was um, to budget my money, to save to promote my business more, um, my books, my pillows, um, recruit more kids. And in that, I was able to get out of that living situation 
Um, and I have my own house now, um, just me and my daughter. And that's how I overcame a rough situation. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. All right, mother, are you ready? I am. All right. Go ahead. Okay. So I would say my moment of the valley was when um, I went back to school to get my um, broker's license, which was in 2008. Um, had had um, formed a team. You know, I was in real estate, had formed my team, and we were, oh, my God, we was doing business. Business was so well, and um, I had investors that I was working with. I had a great team at that time. And as soon as I got my broker's license, two weeks later came that I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. So... At that moment, I was like, oh, my God, no, Lord, not this again. Um, I had I already knew what it was like to be at the top of a career and be stricken with health problems, and it was all taken away from me. And, you know, and I was like, but why? What, what did I do? You know, I was always loyal and always in church. But anyway, it happened. Um, the first time it happened, um, uh, I think this was in when nine eleven hit, um, I had went into to the hospital for a minor surgery and I ended up with pomolemory embolism. I can't probably pronounce that that well. And I was bedridden and I was like, oh my God, I, I had a nail salon at that time. It was doing very well. And that happened, and so I had to start all over again, and that's what pushed me really into to real estate as hard as I was, you know, focused into real estate. So this was the second time in my life that I had been, I felt like I had failed um, because I had got to, you know, a business, had built a business, doing so well, and, and now I'm back in square A again. So I, 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 you know, went on through my chemo and radiation and the surgery and all of that, and I said, okay, well, Lord, you know what? I'm going back to school uh, because I need to get my life back on track. And I went back for to get my degree as an interior architect. Um, I got my degree, and I said, you know what? I'm not going back in real estate. I'm just going to just try to do my architecture. And I went and I, I tried to apply for jobs everywhere, and I could not get my foot in the door anywhere. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know why. The doors just didn't open. All I could get was a contract job here or there. So finally, um, it was in August of 2017, and um, I had graduated, you know, went past there, and I was, like, trying to find work. And I said to myself, I am done. It's like I have came to this dead-end role, like, two, three times in my life. I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I decided that day in August of 2017, I said, Lord, I got a little bit of money. I'm not paying another bill. I'm taking this money, and I'm going to invest it back into my real estate, and I'm going to build me my company back up to where I wanted it to be in 2008 when I first got my broker's license, and it didn't happen for me. And I did that. I, in, I invested every penny into the business, and I tell you guys, I, I haven't looked back. But I had to learn a valuable lesson. I had to learn to trust and believe and let the Lord guide my footsteps. And a lot of people say this, oh, yeah, I trust, I believe, I know. No, I know what I know. 
It's a different feeling when you actually trust and let the Lord lead and guide you, and you just say, I know it's all going to be okay. And so now today, I'm two, two years in. I've been here since 2018, May of 2018. This year, May, I, I'll be in my space for two years. I can say last year, the company made over a million dollars or should say sold over a million dollars in sales and real estate sales. And there's no looking back for me at this point, but this is where I was supposed to be. And had those things not happened to me, I wouldn't be here. I would have been stuck doing somewhere else, something else, maybe nails or, you know, the Lord needed to, didn't want me to get that brick and mortar building in 2008. This is the road that he wanted me to take. And I tell you, nothing but blessings have come my way with out-of-state investors with contracts that just are coming out of nowhere, um, investors that want to do rebuilds. I was like, oh, my God, I ain't never been over a rebuild, but I'm about to be. Um, so I just thank God for the doors that has opened, and, for, and I thank him in allowing me um, to be obedient to his word and listen and let him guide me. So that is my moment of the valley. I told y'all it was going to be long, and I didn't even know what it was. But thank yeah. you for sharing. You're very welcome. All right. Um, I do believe that both of your testimonies will minister to the hearts of our listeners, and I am very grateful that both of you shared very heartfelt moments in the Valley because a lot of times people are going through different things, and they don't have anybody that they can talk to or they may not know anybody that's been through anything so it's my hope that in hearing these moments that they will know that there is a light on the other side um i want to thank both of you for being our guests would you all like to share some social media information so our um, listeners can get in contact with you um sure i can be reached at uh, my uh, website is propertybyv.com dot propertybyv.com. Um, my email address is vtodd at propertybyv. Um, I can be reached at 313-826-0453. Ashley. <laughs> um, I can be reached on Facebook or um, Instagram at Divas Hello Parties. Um, and my other page for my daycare is Wise Generation Daycare on Facebook or Instagram. All right. Thank you both for joining us today. Please be sure to check out past broadcasts on our website, wbbtalk.com. And now you can still register to attend the Woman Behind the Business Retreat titled Vision 2020, Using Scriptures to Propel You to New Dimensions. It's all happening on the beautiful island of Nassau, Bahamas, February 20th through 24th at Bahamar Resort and Convention Center. To register, visit wbbtalk.com backslash registration. And of course, follow us on social media at wbbtalk.com. BB Talk. A special thank you to our show producer, Shane Lewis, and our program director, Max Myrick. Until next time, stay blessed.